Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me, my partner on the airways. As always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, Nino. Hey, everyone. I am doing well today. And where are you joining us from today? Oh, I'm in... Today, we're in the three corners, Iowa, Minnesota, and South Dakota. Okay, Iowa, South Dakota. Okay, so yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I imagine this time of year, the weather's got to be great. It's a little windy, a little stormy, um, but not bad. We'll take it. We actually found a really nice spot on a golf course resort. Um, that also has RV spots. And so our view out the window is nothing but a beautiful golf course. So All yeah, right. kind of a, it's an interesting spot to be. Side note, little side note. I just want to say I went in, they have a casino here as well. We're not gamblers, but I'm like, you know what? Let's go in and check it out, walk around. And so we took $8 with us <laughs> and walked out with 15 cents. <laughs> All right. I cashed out at 15 cents. I wasn't going to lose at all. So. <laughs> wow. All right. I thought you were going to tell me that you came out with like 1500 bucks. Like, nope, nope. That went in a diff very different direction. You know, it's just, it was a few minutes of fun, you know, and um, I just wasn't willing to leave it all there. So I did hit the cash out button and went to the machine put in my ticket and it spit out three nickels for me. And um, the lady behind us at a machine clearly laughed, thought it was hilarious that somebody would cash out at that, <laughs> whatever pennies, right? Whatever sense. But um, it was funny. It's, it makes for a good story, doesn't it? Right. It does. It does. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> And while um, managing gambling funds is not the topic of our, our session today, I will say this, you know, I too am not a huge gambler, but I do like to play poker from time to time. And, you know, as long as you kind of budget and say, hey, okay, that's entertainment and I'm only willing to go with like $40. The other thing is like, if I'm going to go to the casino and I only have like 40 or $50, I'm going to go play it in a tournament instead of like playing live at the table, right? So at least I get the experience or whatever for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, just make sure that you, you mark that under entertainment and then please gamble responsibly. Right, um, right. All right, well, thank you for sharing that. In fact, today's uh, uh, topic has nothing to do with that, uh, but it does have to do with inconsistent income and maybe... If you're a professional gambler, you know, you're you're on like mm -hmm. the poker tour circuit and that sort of thing. I mean, this might apply to you. So that works. Uh, but today we'll talk about how to manage an inconsistent income. But before we do that, don't miss out on any of our valuable financial insights. Subscribe to the New Money Habits podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips host expert guests, and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money-related. Hit the subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. And if you haven't done so already, but you're finally ready to take uh, a step towards financial growth 
and go to the next level. It's time to schedule your free discovery call with either Sarah or myself. Today, during your personalized session, we will discuss your specific financial goals, gain clarity on your challenges, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on this valuable opportunity. Book your free discovery call now and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. All right. So I teased us up a little bit. Inconsistent income. I wasn't planning on talking about uh, professional poker players, but hey, they, whether it's that or you're hourly and your hours fluctuate, whether you get tips, you work on commissions or you're self-employed, there are plenty of people with an inconsistent income. So what's some advice you have for those people, Sarah? Oh, you know, this is so common, Nino. And, um, you know, I think it's an area, honestly, that a lot of people feel like they kind of struggle in, right? Because they're trying to put together a budget, but something that a lot of my clients come to me, a lot of people come to me about, I know they have these same conversations with you, but they're like, Hey, I don't make the same amount every month. It's impossible for me to budget. That's what I hear a lot. It's impossible <laughs> for me to budget. And to that, I say, it's not impossible. We just have to do it. You have to look at it a little bit differently, right? If you have inconsistent income, you have to look at your money a little bit differently. And, and, um, for me, it really breaks down into building. I just call it simply a cushion in your account to cover, you know, the, the fluctuations, um, of income, you're going to have higher months and you're going to have lower months. And we want to keep that account cushion in there where you're putting a little bit more in, in the higher months and it's covering those lower months. And, um, I think it's really just about looking at your money a little bit differently and not saying it's impossible to budget on inconsistent income because it isn't, it is very possible. We just have to do it a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, I like the fact that you brought up the word impossible, right? We sometimes when we're just kind of in, um, in, in a casual conversation, we find ourselves using absolute language. It's well, it's impossible. I can't, there's no way. And the truth is, as you just said, it's not that it's impossible. It's different. It's probably more challenging than our counterparts who have salaries and get paid every two weeks, the exact same thing but it's definitely not impossible. In fact, I'm working with a young lady right now who uh, there's some seasonality to her job. And right now, like we just met last week uh, for one of our sessions and she's like, you know, I, I didn't see this coming. Um, I knew my hours were going to get slashed, but there actually might be times that I don't have any hours in my pay period. And I said, okay, well, we didn't know it would be that drastic, but we did do some preparation. And to your point, Sarah, the preparation that we took was let's hold on to a bigger cushion. Um, fantastically, she already has a fully funded peace of mind fund. And so she had uh, that cushion kind of built up there, but we had enough of a surplus that we started to look at it and we said, okay, well, there's going to be some ebb and flow here, right? So right now you have this surplus of, I think it was like $1,600. And I'm like, for, for the next two weeks, instead of aggressively saving that into retirement or doing whatever, let's just use that as a cushion to help us with that ebb and flow that we know is coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, when we reconnected and she told me that there might be um, a couple of pay periods without anything she knows this is gonna this is gonna last for six weeks she gets paid bi-weekly so that's three paychecks 
But we determined that she has enough in her cushion right now that if she went all six weeks with nothing, she can still pay all of her bills. And the the relief that she had just like knowing that, like, wait a minute. So if I have no hours for the next six weeks, I'm going to be okay. And I don't even have to touch my peace of mind fund. It was, it was a fantastic conversation and um, it was just, it was awesome to watch the stress just melt away. And I love that because what you really allowed her to do, right. You helped her to see that just because she had been doing it one way before didn't mean that a, a few adjustments wouldn't carry her right through a, a potentially long period of time, right. That, that things are going to look very different. And so I love that you just opened her eyes and, and allowed her and, and guided her to see how just a few little shifts, what that actually means. It's not the end all of everything. You don't give up everything that you've been working towards. It's a few little shifts that oftentimes can lead to, um, that peace of mind that, that mm -hmm. you saw her have, right. And, and watching the stress melt away, that's an, uh, amazing visual. You know, I can see it with people right now. Yeah. Yeah. And because I meet with her on zoom, right? Like I'm looking at her and in the body language, just like the shoulders <laughs> sink down a little bit. She kind of falls back in her chair a little bit. And I say, I, I, I said, like, like, tell me what's happening right there. She's like, I just feel so much better. She's like, I get it in my head that my situation is dire or I get all worked up. She's like, I talked to you and I realize I'm good. And I don't even have to go into my peace of mind fund. Like she's realizing like, wow. She's like, I thought it was much worse than what it really is. Mm. And isn't that the truth for most situations? Yes. You know, right? we usually drum them up in our head a little bit worse than they actually are. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so powerful to talk to somebody because imagine if she hadn't been talking with you or, you know, imagine if we don't ha have these conversations, right? I'm famous. I will raise my hands. I am famous for making things way worse, probably almost every situation in my life, making it way worse. Right. But having that conversation with somebody to kind of like bring us back down a level to show us the things that we're missing, right? How powerful is that? Yeah. Absolutely. There, there is something to be said for that outside objective observation, right? She's in it. She's living in it. She's hearing that she might not have any hours at work. That's, that's gotta be scary. Mm -hmm. But when you have that outside objective observer who says, okay, but I know, I know the story because you've been keeping me up to date and we kind of knew this was going to be a possibility. We, we knew there was going to be ebbs and flows. We didn't know it was going to be that bad, but let's look at it. Let's map it. And then I had to ask, I'm like, are you sure at the end of six weeks, she's like 100% at the end of six weeks, I'm back to near full-time hours. Um, okay, great. So we know that we have the six month period or sorry, six week period. What are we going to do with that? And so, um, just having somebody to kind of guide you through that and, and help you to see the forest through the trees. Mm -hmm. invaluable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's a really great example of somebody who's, I don't want to say kind of got her stuff together, right? She's been working with you for a mm -hmm. while and you know, you guys have kind of worked to make this a little bit, this transition potentially a little bit easier, right? 
But, you know, I'd like to kind of bring up the people that are like just starting, you know, Mm -hmm. that don't have some of these processes in place yet and don't have um, maybe some of these cushions built and maybe some tips for them on, you know, how do you actually get started when you have inconsistent income? And, you know, I'll be honest, I think there's a lot of different theories here. Um, but I usually just say and suggest to people, you know, start out, go back and look at what your highest paid months are and your lowest paid months. And, and is there some type of pattern there? You know, Mm -hmm. it, it, does it happen every three months? You've got a really high month, right? Realtors, this is another great area, you know, for realtors. And I don't want to get too much into like business, but realtors fall into this category a lot because they might sell a one or two homes this month and not have any sales for a couple of months, right? So there's no income coming in. Now, that's a little bit of a sidebar because I think we would handle that, you know, a little bit differently with business finances. However, look and see, is there um, patterns, right, with your income? Do you have higher months or lower months? And are pull out some of the patterns, pull out some of the consistencies that you start to see. Are your high months about the same in terms of you know, are they the kind of the same value, right? Are your low months, are they kind of consistently um, the same? And I think that alone brings in some clarity to your situation. You can say, oh, I don't have as many low months as I actually thought I did, mm-hmm. right? I think sometimes people, because they're not tracking, because you're not really looking at your numbers, it might feel like you're in a far more dire situation than you than you actually are. And this just brings some awareness to your actual numbers, right? And we've talked about this in a lot of past episodes about knowing your numbers. This is part of that, right? And and bringing awareness to your situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it, it is important to understand what is worst case scenario, right? And so um, for very few people, worst case scenario is zero dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess for all of us, if we're laid off or something, job loss, the worst case scenario can be $0. But generally speaking, you know, I like the idea of what's your worst month? And what's the worst case scenario there? And then what are some of those high months? And then how to manage in between those two things? Um, I actually just started working with a new couple that um, two, two income household, uh, the woman of the, the couple, she is a self employed hairdresser, she she rents a um, a chair from a salon, right? And as we're kind of discussing what it is um, that she needs to bring home to kind of help with the household expenses, we kind of had to start with, well, let's discuss how you manage your business revenues, right? You got this money coming in, you have expenses, you're a hairdresser, so you have supplies and, and things, at least a ton of supplies, if not other things to be thinking about expense wise, but one of your expenses is your payroll. So what are you wanting to pay yourself? And so helping this couple, like this was a couple who, um, as you said a moment ago, like they, it's not like they're starting from scratch. They have a two income household. She, her revenues are well into the six figures each year. So like they had, the money to kind of implement these things, but it was like, look, you're you're missing out on some structure here. And because you're missing out on structure, it's not allowing you to achieve these other financial goals that you have. So let's get some structure in place. And lo and behold, after we talked about household uh, expenses and, and 
based off of what her husband's making, what did she need to bring home? She was able to kind of come up with like, oh, I can consistently and predictably pay myself on the 1st and 15th, 2,500 bucks each time. Mm -hmm. And she picked the 1st and 15th just because that's when her husband's uh, paid. So now they both have income coming in on the 1st and the 15th that it's like, all right, this is now there's some consistency here. And then there's talks about what to do with all the surplus or additional revenues. And I'll hold off on talking about that right now. But now all of a sudden she went from inconsistent, I'm bringing in seven grand one month and three grand another. Like it's now consistent and predictable. And I just want to highlight something that you said there that it's that structure piece. Right. It really is a structure piece in our finances. You know, I kind of call it, you know, there's the difference between the magic of money and then the mechanics of money. And this would, in my world, you know, kind of falls under the mechanics, like an actual structure, an actual process that you follow with your money that, you know, alleviates so much stress and brings so much clarity to the situation. It, it, um, I find that that's really what people are lacking, right? Is that full, just, it's not necessarily even the understanding of money, but having a process or that structure in place that allows you to achieve those financial goals, just like you um, said a minute ago with them, right? That mm -hmm. just missing that structure um, and how powerful it can be um, to put that in place and inconsistent income for, for people that have that, right? That's a really great place to bring in some, peace of mind with your money is putting that structure because it may be a little bit more challenging for, for some people that get, you know, bring home about the same amount of money every two weeks or every month, frankly, putting together a money plan is oftentimes a little bit easier, right? This mm -hmm. is, I make an X number of dollars a month. This is what my bills are. These are my expenses. Plug in the numbers done, right? But inconsistent income, takes a little bit more planning and a little bit more um, time to just put those processes and that structure in place. Yeah. Which then leads it to be consistent, as you said, right? It, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, as I was working, because this, this couple is so new, so we're so at the very beginning of this process, right? And, and this is this is the training wheels portion of it. Like, you know, got to have the training wheels on. And as you take the training wheels off, there's going to be lots of falling down and scraping knees and, and you're going to mess this up. Right. But at, so we're talking about how just by establishing this kind of consistency, they, they their first question was, but like she makes more money. What are we going to do with all that extra money? And I was like, well, you guys have other financial goals, right? And they're like, well, yeah, we want to save for a house. I said, so what's what has um, stood in your way so far in in saving up to buy a house? And they're like, well, we have like a, a substantial amount of money saved already, but it hasn't seemed to grow. There hasn't been any growth in like the last six months in that account. Mm -hmm. And so we start kind of talking through it, and what we realize is by bringing every dollar she made home, they found it very easy to say yes to friends to go on a trip here or go on a trip there or hey let's go out and do this really extravagant thing because our you know our money can handle it and, and it certainly could but it was impeding their progress towards this other goal so we started talking about like 
all right, well, you know you want to pay yourself $2,500 on the 1st and $2,500 on the, the 15th. So that's five grand a month. So let's also make a plan for having three to six months of expenses just sitting on the business side of things that if you had a bad month or whatever, you, you have that as a safety net. So, you know, three months would have been 7,500 bucks. Six months would be $15,000. So we kind of settled in the middle and went 10 grand, right? So then it's like, all right, now that you know that you have income kind of sitting safeguarded every three months, you know, so, um, what, March, June, September, December, you get to, to look at that account, that business account. And if it's above 10 grand, now you can take that as a bonus. And imagine if in three months, it's 20 grand, you're taking a $10,000 bonus, and now you're adding that 10 grand to the down payment account, and you're making huge strides towards your real financial goal, which is buying this house. So just the structure leads to clarity. The clarity leads to action. The action leads to results and results. I, they, I was thrilled to hear them say, like, as we're kind of going through it, they're like, this, this is what's been missing. Mm -hmm. in, in, in reference to this type of intentionality, this type of mindfulness, this type of um, purpose with their money is exactly what they're recognizing was missing because they're in a pretty good spot, but they could be in an excellent spot and, and fairly soon. Mm -hmm. And what I also heard there too was a little bit of, you know, I'm going to say lack of discipline um, and not in a, in a bad way, but because they were spending those dollars. And this is what I like to point out to people. It's oftentimes that you don't have the money. It's that you're spending it in other areas, right? And so your discipline is just mm -hmm. not in the area that you want it to be in, right? And so you, right. you, um, you have it, you're just spending it in other areas. And so bringing that to light allowed them to as you said, all of those words, right? Feel more intentional, feel like, okay, this is the missing piece. It takes their discipline kind of from one area and it shifts it into that road ahead into their vision of, you know, saving for that house. And, and, um, again, brings peacefulness, brings that clarity. And it, it, it's almost like full circle moment, right? Like they're really not doing much different right? Few little tweaks. And, and I think, you know, I just want to hit that home for a second that, and I, this doesn't necessarily have to do with inconsistent income. It has to do with money in general, Nino, but I think sometimes mm -hmm. people feel like they have to make these big drastic changes with their money, right? To get and to feel like they're making progress. And the truth is, is rarely is that the case I find. I find it's these little redirects, right? These little changes that you make that just changed the entire trajectory of your financial success. Yeah. Yeah. I want to double down on that. Very, very, very rarely do you have to do wholesale changes. It's usually just a little augmentation here, a little tweak there, a different mindset and a different way of thinking about this other thing over here. And with those little adjustments, all of a sudden you're starting to fine tune 
how you manage your money. Uh, yeah, it's very rare that I have to sit down with a new client and it's like, no, everything you're doing with money is completely wrong and we have to change it all. Like, no, it's it's not usually that. It's usually helping you to identify the areas that you might be blind to. We all have blind spots in our own lives, whether it's in our marriage, in our parenting, in our finances, we all have blind spots that we need somebody else to just help us gently call out, right? When Sarah and I sit down with you and we talk about these things, we're not beating you over the head like, oh, you're so bad with your money. It's, hey, have you thought about, have you noticed that this is happening? What if we change this? How would that you know, result differently? It's that sort of thing um, where you, we just help you to find the blind spots um, you know, in your financial situation. Right, right, it's true. It's true. You know, so, you know, I want to bring this back um, again, you know, to the inconsistent income and to just let people know and to highlight a few things that that it's probably not as bad as you think it is. You know, your inconsistencies probably aren't as, um, you know, call it kind of riding the waves. You know, there's going to be some higher ones and some lower ones. Right. But they're probably some averages in there. There, there are some consistencies and some, you know, some, um, um, I was going to use the word theme and that's not what, um, um, I want to use. And the word is not coming to me right now, but take some time and just get familiar with your numbers again. When are your high months? When are your low months? And, and, um, you know, and I just say, um, the difference between those, you know, Nino is kind of a good place to start, you know, keep that amount, keep the difference between the high and the low, keep that as your cushion in your account. Um, you know, that's a really easy first step, really easy place to start. And you're probably going to see a huge amount of difference. Yeah, I like that too. Um, and it, it seems like it would be easy enough, right? That um, once you kind of find out what your your expenses are and you kind of know what your, your take home is understanding the difference between your low months and your high months and having that as a cushion. So if in a low month you're making $5,000 and in a good month you're making 15, now, you know, you need like a $10,000 cushion, Mm -hmm. but you should be able to get to that pretty easily. If you're disciplined with those, uh, those healthier, more, uh, feasty months. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just remember, it's not as hard as it feels, guys. It, it feels mm-hmm. challenging, but it really isn't hard. Um, it's not as hard as it feels right now. I can promise you that. Yep. All right. Well, always great conversations. I love that we open up and we talk about money in a way that I feel very few do. Um, if it's time for you to open up and talk about money in a way that you've never have, as I said earlier, take this opportunity to schedule a free discovery session with either Sarah or myself or both. Um, yeah, don't delay. Do it today. I did not mean to make that rhyme, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going with it. Oh, shoot. I'm All here right. for it. <laughs> Great conversation as always, and we will continue it next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. 
Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.